I work at Cinemedia as director for codec development. Hey, Jan, it's great to have you on Inside the Videoverse. You and I have crossed paths many, many times uh, throughout the years, and you know I've always wanted to get you on a podcast. So here we are. <laughs> you get to reveal all your <laughs> <Great> secrets. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mark, for giving me the opportunity to be here. Uh, it's great to have you on. And, you know, uh, I, I think both of us, uh, we had an opportunity to talk just, uh, I guess, what, a, a month ago now since NAB? Time flies, yeah. right? That's right. It was uh, actually an awesome opportunity to finally be back oh, among the people. Yes. Um, first time back in the U.S. actually in two years. And also, it's, uh, it was an awesome moment to meet everyone and uh, yeah, also show the progress that we made. That's right. That's right. Well, that's what was most exciting to me about the show was um, it, it, it did feel a bit like two years has passed, for some of us, even three years, really. And all of a sudden... Uh, it's like, well, what even, there's this great unveiling that happened, you know, for many companies and that was really exciting. And I know for Cinemedia, you showed something super cool and I want you, rather than me tell the listeners, why don't you tell the listeners, uh, what you guys showed, what you built and, uh, yeah, we're demonstrating. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I did get the opportunity to demonstrate it a lot. Um, uh, it, it was yeah, Cinemedia is not, I mean, it, it just has been there for a couple of years, uh, about four years now. And, and it, for me, it was my first NAB being part of, of Cinemedia. And it felt a bit like we'd been working in stealth mode for the past couple of years. And I mean, for a lot of companies, it must have felt like that almost. So, um, actually, yeah, last year we, we started talking with, uh, Tubiti Sport about the, well, the possibility of doing a trial event for 8K. And it kind of came to us asking, okay, are you able to handle like can you even do it yes can you they threw down the, the gauntlet right the challenge <laughs> yes absolutely it was kind of like challenge accepted but yeah actually we we kind of knew that we could because we'd done some successful uh, experiments already um we at that point it was not productized yet um and we knew there were still a couple of challenges to be done like on the input side and so on but still we were in a good position and our HEVC encoder that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a software-based encoder. Uh, we, we've, we, we've seen before that also offline, it does a great job. Um, we, we offer it also as part of um, a very stable and robust platform, our yeah, VDCM platform. And then for this project, we had to bring it all together, uh, together with BT. And they've been a great partner in this. Um, and then over the past year, I mean, we've been uh, working on... Um, yeah, the ingest side, the input side, the processing. And then for me and the team, the focus is on the, on the actual encoding, the 8K encoding. And for, um, yeah, what they wanted, 50 hertz, 8K, all in software on a single server. It, it all turned out really great. And yeah, we got it, we got it working. And the, I think the, the test setup worked really well last month. That's amazing. And, and this supports uh 10 bit HDR as well. Is it? Yeah. So it's 10 bit HDR 10. HDR 10. Um, oh. So that's supported in the encoder and actually on the same server, we also got the, the packaging working. So it's uh, dash packaged 
And then uh, our server was also used as, as origin and then transmitted. And uh, BT had developed their, their apps, uh, Tizen apps for Samsung TVs. Mm-hmm. So they were able to handle the signal. The, I think one of the challenges was also to stay within the limits of the network card, the 100 Mbps. Right. But we, we stayed well below that at 60 Mbps. Mm-hmm. And that turned out to also be, to be a good sweet spot for the quality mm-hmm. that we were looking for. Um, and actually, so the trial event was a, was a premiership rugby game mm-hmm. in the UK. So lots of action, lots of, lots of motion. Also the details in the background with the audience. Um, but yeah, I think it looked awesome. And that's also, I mean, we were very proud, of course, that we could show the content, uh, at, uh, and the captures at, uh, at NAB. That's right. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and I believe this was built on AMD. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, so we used the, uh, third generation, uh, AMD Mm Milans for this. Um, we'd also been working with, with AMD. Um, I mean, it's been, been a great partnership also. And yeah, we leveraged their CPUs. They obviously offer CPUs with very high core counts. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a, a natural match also for our encoder. Mm-hmm. So, um, we were able to leverage that. And, um, that, uh, I mean, that definitely gave, uh, yeah, moved, I think the needle also in what we could do. Yeah. And uh, made 8K on a single on a single socket, actually 8K encoding. So this is a single socket, not a dual proc. Right. Wow. Wow. The actual encoding is running on less than a single socket. Wow. And then you're able to do packaging. So you're doing decode, right? Encode and packaging on 64 physical cores. So for this one, we had, so the encoding coming in through an SDI card. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. 48 gigabits per second okay. coming in. Wow. Um, yeah. We can also do transcoding, mm-hmm. but for this one, it is encoding coming in from 48 gigabits per second okay. and then compressed down to 60 Mbps. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that was kind of the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like a huge ratio, but I mean, it is, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and, and so was the test, um, was this like a contribution, uh, encoding type application or, I mean, 60 megabits is still a fairly high bit rate to stream. So. Yeah. Uh, 60 Mbps. It, this is targeting distribution. Okay. So it's of course testing the feasibility of what you can do sure. at this moment. Sure. Um, I mean, in the future, I can imagine that 8K will be going more hand in hand with VVC, for example, mm-hmm. as a format. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, we wanted to show that the ecosystem is, is pretty much ready. Yeah. So with off the shelf servers, mm-hmm. off the shelf CPUs, uh, SDI input cards, um, packaging and TVs. So actually, I mean, the TV that we showed it on at NAB was a 2019 model yeah. Samsung TV and it, it was able to decode this Amazing. 60 Mbps. I mean, up to close to 100 Mbps. Yeah. It, it is able to handle that. Yeah. Um, now 60 Mbps is not low, obviously, sure. but on a lot of broadband yeah. uh, connections, you will be able yeah. to hit this. Yeah, it's true. It's it, it's a, it's amazing to me how uh you know, we used to think like um you know, uh 20 megabits or 50 megabits was like kind of high speed, you know, and if you're really lucky or if you really had the big budget you paid for like 100 or 200. Now, I think 
everything's 100 megabits. <laughs> I don't even think you can get an internet package. <laughs> I mean, at least I guess it depends what part of the world you're in, of course. But yeah. You know, let's talk a little bit about as much as you can tell us um, about your encoder. And uh, presumably uh, this this was predicated on an existing solution or did you did you develop I mean, did you develop this HEVC encoder from the ground up? Is it something Cinemedia's had that you extended, you optimized? Can you tell us some more about it? Yeah. Um, so actually in Cinemedia, we have our own set of in-house developed encoders. Mm-hmm. Right. Cinemedia also has as a background, I mean, some legacy, uh, even dating to yeah, Cisco. We sure. were spun out of Cisco. Uh, we have a scientific Atlanta heritage and so on. Um, but we, we, we started from encoders and over the past couple of years, we've really yeah, put so much emphasis on compression mm-hmm. and improving and optimizing our encoders. And I mean, that was also yeah. one of the fun things for me to, and I was right. coming back to Europe to, to find that. Yeah, so the media is really doing this. But yeah, fast forward <laughs> to uh, to HEVC that that we've been using here. So it's it's an encoder that's really mature. I mean, we also have a, a great team of Kodak developers um, in different locations, working almost around the clock to improve it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've been pushing the limits in terms of video quality, yeah, compression performance, also pushing the latency down, improving the what we call the density. How many channels can you process on a single? Yeah server on and on, on, on the cpus that that uh, that we're that we're offering and and for, in this case it was kind of a natural evolution also mm-hmm. uh but of course there were there were some additional challenges to get 8k running on on, uh, sure. on our platform sure um, but also here actually it we we started from our, our vdcm platform um that's in the media, which is a very robust, um, like 24-7, stable pr- video processing platform. And that's also where, mm. as, as part of that, we're offering our encoders. Mm. Got it. Got it. Now, do you always run on AMD or um, do you have any special optimizations for AMD? Or is it just purely core count that gives you the advantage um, on yeah. AMD over Intel? Yeah. Or, I well, I guess that'd be... The only other obvious choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, numbers definitely matter. Yeah, that's, yeah for sure. <laughs> that's the short answer. But we we offer both Intel and AMD. So one of the, um, I think, fun tasks that I've been working on, especially in the first year that I joined, is really seeing, okay, I mean, are we leveraging all that we can from these CPUs? Mm-hmm. And we we went to f- several transitions. Um, Intel generations also, mm-hmm. um, we evaluate a lot of CPUs. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, we, we offer CPUs of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we've seen is that really on the high-end applications, and when we're looking at 8K, for example, but also if we want to get the most out of yeah, 4K ABR ladders and so mm-hmm. on on a single CPU, mm-hmm. that AMD has been r- working really well for us. Yeah. And then, of course... It, you can go up to 64 cores on a single socket That's right and it, and it, it does pay off yeah yeah i know um you know the companies i work with uh we're seeing the same things so really really remarkable amd is just doing a fabulous job and um cores matter 
<laughs> more cores matter. <laughs> it's, there's no other way to put it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, uh, are you able to, to, to talk about, you know, things like, uh, are you doing AVX 512 optimization or, you know, ha- has that been a benefit for you? Because um, I have seen in some cases where it didn't really help. I'm just curious, you know, uh, what you have seen. Yeah. Um, AVX 512, it, it has its benefits. But it's it's a it's a difficult balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a fine line mm-hmm. that you have to walk. Um, and also, it's I mean, one of the things that I mean, one of the reasons that we're also investing so much in software is that we want to keep maximum flexibility, mm-hmm. flexibility right. in deployment, flexibility in adding features, right. in in doing quick iterations, and in, in improving our encoders, mm-hmm. and. One of the reasons, um, or one of the arguments there is also, I mean, we want to stay flexible also in instruction sets. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, up to now, AVX 512 is, is kind of making it, making it difficult to move there because yeah. it kind of locks you in yeah. to, to, to certain CPUs. Um, and also, I mean, it, it, if you optimize your code well, you will see benefits in certain parts of the code, but not not mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, it also affects your clock speed, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'll push it down a bit, so mm-hmm. that's why it's it's the net. It, it, it's not always a net. Problem, yeah. So. When you think about hardware and and all the way the continuum from uh, purpose built, you know. Uh, ASICs, purpose-built silicon, to GPU, FPGA, so maybe more the accelerated um, CPU-type solution, and then purely CPU. Yeah, what have you seen? You know, are there trade-offs? Are you guys looking at at, at some of those hardware um, architectures? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and it's a question that keeps popping up, right? It's, it's sure also, it I mean. Yeah. Indeed, there are pros and cons, and they evolve over time as well. That's right. We we also come from, I I mentioned our VDCM. Mm -hmm. It has a legacy going back to the digital content manager, which had Mm -hmm. hardware uh, implementations or hardware, firmware, FPGA. Well, back um, then, that was the only way to do it. Right, largely, right. And, I mean. and, and the densities you could you could hit with. I mean, they were they were amazing yeah. also at the time, yeah. and, and it's still DCM is so widely deployed still. Mm-hmm. Um, but for our yeah, virtualized mm-hmm. um, DCM now, yeah, we made a very conscious decision to focus on software. Mm-hmm. So again, for the yeah, the same flexibility in deployment mm-hmm. that I mentioned, um, also to be able to integrate it into our cloud workflows. Mm-hmm. Um, on, um, I mean, pretty much any type of CPU, and but but there's there's, there's more arguments actually why this this it's almost a strategic bet, of course, mm-hmm. but why it has paid off. Um, and I must say that knowing what I know now, I mean, um, I mean it it was a it was a good bet. Also, looking at the evolution, for example, of the CPUs. <clears throat> I mean, if the CPUs would be stagnating, yeah. then Maybe at some point, it, I mean, it brings hardware back into the picture for premium applications. Sure. But also with the growing number of cores, it really helps software 
a lot and software implementations. Mm -hmm. And it makes our life e lives easier as well to integrate high-end applications like uh, full 4K ABR ladders on a cloud yeah. instance yeah. or 8K on a single socket. And, and, and that's really helping. You know, what, what are you interested in? What do you think about some of the new standards? You, you even mentioned previously VVC. And of course, you know, you and I have had conversations around AV1. And um, yeah, what's, what's your team focused on? What are you excited about? What do you see coming, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's a lot of exciting stuff in the <laughs> Tell I mean, us. new standards. We have all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> new standards, indeed. I mean, there's, um, I mean, AV1. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's still, it's all, I mean, a format that, um, that I see growing. It's yeah. a very powerful standard as well. Um, so that will be part of our VDCM platform. Awesome. Um, also we are working on our own VDC encoder. Mm. So it, um, do tell. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for us as well. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if I compare it to the days where I mean I was uh, implementing an AVC encoder and transcoder, I mean, if you look at VVC now, it's it's a massive standard. So yeah, it, yeah. Um, it will give us so much opportunities for yeah. improvements, for optimization, yeah. and so on. So that's that's definitely something to to look forward to. Um, lots of innovation there. Yeah. Um, but other things that that also we're working on that uh, and also that I believe in, it's a bit based on my background in video quality measurement um, and optimizing video streams. And I mean, in my previous job, I had the opportunity to work with also a great team introducing per tile encoding. And what uh, was your previous job, Jan? Um, uh, yeah, so uh, before I... Went back to Europe. I was working in uh, in Los Gatos, California, with uh, with Netflix. It was great to 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 be part of the team also and push the limits there and um, see what you can do. Also, I mean, optimize mm -hmm. VOD streams. I mean, it's it's very different, of course. I mean, it it has a lot of similarities on one hand with what we're doing now for live distribution, but also mm -hmm. um, it's it's different in the sense that. Back at Netflix, we could spend a whole lot more complexity optimizing like a single shot than That's right. what we can do right now. Sure. So now it's really um, trying to push the limits in terms of, yeah, what can you get out of a single core or out of a single CPU for life? How many mm -hmm. channels can you run? Can you encode mm -hmm. on a single mm -hmm. on a single CPU? So that introduces its its own challenges. That's right. And then over the past one or two years. Introducing, for example, machine learning algorithms. How far can you go with that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Obviously not the very deep CNNs or something, sure. but you can do other things that are really exciting. Sure. Have you had to change your view on certain, um, you know, how you uh, viewed codec optimization and coder optimization, you know, when you were at Netflix compared to Cinemedia, you know, is there anything that you're kind of like, yeah, you know, I used to believe you couldn't do that or you should always do this. And now it's like, you know, the tables are turned. Yeah, that's a good question, Mark. And uh, indeed, I mean, there's, there's, there's quite a few differences in, in how we used to approach things at Netflix and also now how we do it in, in, uh, in Cinemedia. I mean, the focus on life, of course, it, it introduces new challenges. And I mean, 
what we what we constantly have to work with is is this like rate distortion complexity mm. trade off. So it's it's adding this other dimension on top of what we used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm 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 also surprised that how many optimizations we can actually squeeze out of the CPUs. I think it would be really helpful. I know that uh, 8K is, uh, on one hand, it's new and novel. And on the other hand, there have been a, a few trials and, shall we say, um, early attempts is maybe a, a good way to frame it. How did some of those early solutions or uh, how does your solution differ from some of the early ones? Were they all running on software you know, or or have they been on hardware and now this is the first time that you're running all on CPU? Can you give us a overview? Yeah, that's that's indeed it's a good question because also, I mean, showing this at NAB, um, I mean, we're not the first ones to do 8K, obviously. And yeah. I, I remember back in was it 2008, 2009, visiting um, NHK Labs. That's right. Um, where I saw the first 8K demo on like a 250-inch projector screen. It, it looked amazing. Yeah. It was very I mean, futuristic, I guess, at the time. Sure. Um, but then for a long time, uh, also myself, I associated 8K encoding with very um, dedicated solutions, mm-hmm. um, combining multiple encoders in, in huge, like, I don't know how many rack units, um, all working together on different slices, tiles, or whatever, yeah. and and then bringing it all back together into a single stream. And I can imagine that's that's still in. I mean, a lot of people are still visualizing this uh, as what you need for 8K. That's right. Um, but the downsides, of course, there was also that I mean, th- this comes at at a cost if you have to split up everything process in parallel and bring it all together you you will um, undoubtedly you will you will lose efficiency and you will lose video quality yeah um, so this is also one of the areas where where again the the evolution of the cpus has enabled us to do things i mean on, on one cpu that that you couldn't do a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and, and also for us um, i mean we had to bring together a, a really efficient HVC encoder, but also with the CPU cores. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that is, um, yeah, that's definitely a uh, significant step forward compared to even a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, when you start seeing publications about these huge um, hardware, um, like, uh, uh, well, great engineering solutions, but maybe not as elegant yeah. as, as, as what you can get now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, talking about quality, uh, because, you know, we did reference and you referenced that hardware is typically associated with not being as compression efficient. So you don't get the efficiency. And then usually the quality, you know, let's be kind, sometimes suffers a little bit. Um, You know, it's just the absolute video quality is just not there like it can be in software. But yet, even in an all software solution, you know, you're always trying to push the bounds in improved quality while retaining bitrate efficiency and performance. So it's like these three levers, you know, and you can kind of move one or you can move two, but you can almost never move all three <laughs> um, without something else being sacrificed. 
So what are you focused on, on the quality side? Um, surely, you know, you're also looking to even improve the quality of what you have. What does that look like? What are you doing? Yeah, so there's there's a number of areas that we're um, trying to push the limits in, in, in quality. And if I if I compare also what we, what we have right now um, uh, and, and with referring to a couple of years ago when I think back in the Cisco days, mm -hmm. there was not too much emphasis on video quality. Mm -hmm. So I think we brought it back. Mm -hmm. and, and, and now over the past two, two years, something like that, we've made significant steps forward. And we do that by really you know, optimizing our encoders, um, making them smarter, both in objective terms, but also subjective quality. Mm -hmm. Because in a lot of cases, we are in shootouts as we call them right that's right with, with competitors we've all and, been there <laughs> uh, it depends on the test content yeah. right? <laughs> and, and we have to do good i mean the, the logos have to look good the yeah. grass in the sports yeah. games and so on yeah. and the details have to like the the, the stock tickers and yeah. everything yeah so we i mean we need to be able to compress those things really really well um but also our rate control uh, rate control is essential of course mm -hmm. and, and improving our, our cbr but also our um, quality control mm -hmm. actually inside our VBR. This, these are things that we're working on. Mm -hmm. And also we've got a brand new statistical multiplexing uh, algorithm um, ready now. So, and this is also very, I mean, it's that's, still very important. In that, the and that's new for you, right? right? Statistical multiplexing. <laughs> we're talking about the internet. Like what do we need to multiplex? I, I know. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's amazing what, what, what everybody's trying to do. I mean, right. in ATSC three, but also, I mean, freeing up spectrum and yeah. so on and trying to get the most out of ATSC one. And then that's right. last week I was at DVB world. Mm -hmm. We were talking about DVB and, and, and what's coming next yeah. and so on. And stat mixing is going to be around for a while. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, these rate control algorithms, obviously, but we're also trying to make it even more exciting. And that's by being really smart about measuring video quality and also steering video quality. These are things that I'm also very passionate about. Yeah. Um, I know these are things that Netflix is doing in, also in, in shop-based encoding and so on. Um, obviously, we cannot spend all the compute power right. that I mean uh, that you can do to optimize a single shot if you have to encode it only once, but distribute millions of times on a, in a VOD scenario. But in a live scenario, there's still very exciting things that you can do. Um, and if you can if you can be re really smart about the video quality and the way you steer it, there's there's a lot of uh, exciting things that we're we're doing there. Well, Jan, congratulations on uh, you know all the great work uh, that you and your team are doing, and um, it's great great talking with you. And um, yeah, thank you for coming on inside the Videoverse.